Good evening, Sanctuary Church family. Welcome to Wednesday nights together. I'm so thrilled to uh, have this opportunity to speak to you this evening. I'm so glad you've joined me. And uh, as we dive into the word of the Lord, it's my desire that you will open up your heart and your mind uh, and your spirit to what God would speak to you this evening. Um, I have been enjoying the series that Pastor Mel and Pastor Lisa have, have been teaching the last few weeks on decisions, decisions, speaking about the will of God for our lives. And as we uh, navigate that uh, challenge of figuring out God's will for us. And so I want to just add my voice to that. So if you'll allow me to, I'll speak for just a few moments on what God has laid on my heart for you this evening. All right, let's dive right in. So what is the will of God for my life? As uh, being involved in youth ministry for many years, I've had that question posed to me countless times. It usually comes when a young person has uh, reached the end of their high school years, they're into college or about to go to college, determining whether to go to college or not. Uh, It may come at the end of the college career and determining what the next step should be. When people come to a large crossroad in their lives, this is often when this question is posed. And I can tell you there aren't many greater questions. It's a terrific question. In fact, it is the, maybe the most important question that a child of God could ask. What is the will of God for my life? People that are asking this question are usually hungry for God's best for their lives. They want to do what's pleasing to him with their future. Um, and, and if we think of it as a crossroads, uh, the, the challenge can be sometimes I, I, I recently read about a, a lady who um, years ago when she would, she would travel the countryside and uh, be doing her, her business, and um, this was back in the days before uh, GPS, before um, technology, before automobiles, and she would come to a fork in, in the road, and she weren't, wasn't sure which way she should go. She would, she would pick up a stick from the ground and toss it up into the air. It's her way of determining the will of God for her life. And whichever the way the stick after it landed was pointing, that was the direction she would go. Well, this worked very well for her, and she was, she was being led along this way. Uh, until one day, she was, had, had made it to a, a, an intersection, and uh, she was there. There were some other travelers that were observing this, and they saw her throwing her stick up into the air, and it would land and then she would pick it up and throw it up in the air again, and it would land. And she would, three or four times this happened, and so the, the passerby, the observer, asked her, said, ma'am, what is it you're doing? Why are you keep throwing that stick up into the air and uh, repeating it over and over again? She said, well, this is the way I determined which way to go, but I, I threw the stick up in the air these three or four times, and it keeps pointing left, and I want to go right. And that can be the challenge sometimes as we are led by the Lord in a particular way, but our own human nature can be at odds with the will of God. What I've found is that the will of God is, isn't always this large, elusive, mysterious thing. We often make it out to be that in our, like that in our minds. But I have a belief that every 
living person was created with divine destiny, was created with particular gifts that were unique and special and specific to them. I believe that every child has that is born is, is born with certain innate qualities and giftings that, that may not always flourish in the particular setting that they're in, but they're there, that were created by God, and they were made for a reason. The ladies and gentlemen, I want to declare to you tonight that the Bible teaches us that you were fearfully and wonderfully made by Almighty God. The Lord did a marvelous thing when he created you, and the wonder of all of this marvelous thing did not end at your birth. In fact, that was just the beginning of God's plan for you. You were created in the very image of Almighty God. I want you to say this aloud with me this evening. I bear the image of God. Would you say that with me? I bear the image of God. And I want you to say this with me. God's plan for my life is amazing. I'll give you just a moment to say it again. God's plan for my life is amazing. Let that sink in. I don't know that we often think about ourselves that way. People are often, often uh, find themselves in this place in life where they're wondering why they're here. Why was I created? What is my purpose? Why am I here on this earth? I believe that the only way to know, to fully find out what, why we are here is to consult the one that made you. The, what is the purpose that he had in mind when he created you and me? That is the noblest of pursuits. Why am I here? Why did God make me? And what was he thinking when he created me? I'm not standing here tonight because I have all of the answers, believe me. But I have lived long enough to see God's handiwork in my own life. I'll turn 40 years old this year. Not sure exactly how that happened. I don't think I'm old enough to be 40. But as I look back over my life, I can see the hand of God at work through the mountaintops and through the valleys in the good times and the bad, he's never left me and he's never forsaken me. He's been leading me and his plan is unfolding in my life. I, I, I know that I'm here in Cedar Park and, and in the sanctuary church by the divine hand and will of God. It's not by coincidence that you're here either. It's not by mere happenstance that you were born. You are not an accident, ladies and gentlemen. Young man, young woman, child, you are no accident. You might have been a surprise to your parents, but there was no surprise to God when you came along. Because Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you hope and a future. God's plan for your life, sir and ma'am, the will of God for your life is something beautiful that you and I would do well to pursue with all of our heart. 
I think the most important thing that any one of us can do is to find out why we're here and then do that thing with everything inside of us for the rest of our life. You have not because you ask not. Those seven words can change your life. I believe God wants us to ask for big things. I believe he loves it when we ask big things. He said that we should desire the best gifts. Each one of us should be in pursuit of God's best for our lives. Someone said, I would rather see you stumble on the journey to your destiny than to see you be perfect while sitting in your comfort zone. God would rather see you stumble on the journey to your destiny than to see you sit perfectly in your comfort zone. Falling forward in his will is always better than standing outside his will. Let me say that again. Falling forward in his will is always better than standing up outside of his will. Now we are talking about the grand will the purpose, the big picture of what God has for us. We don't always get the entire picture. It's a rare thing that we see the full picture. We might catch glimpses. We might just get a little bit to know the right direction to go, and then the rest of it unfolds. But there are certain things about God's will that we do know. You see, that is the revealed will of God in the Bible. Things like the Ten Commandments. Pastor Mel mentioned this recently in one of his messages, but I want to reiterate, reiterate it this, this night for you right now. God will never tell you in his will for you to do something that contradicts the will revealed in the Word of God. His will for you will never contradict the revealed will that He's given us in the Word of God. Faithfulness to my wife is definitely His will for me. To tell the truth is definitely God's will for us. These aren't things we need to pray about. These aren't things we need to sit down and pray about to determine if, if we should do them or not. If it goes against what God has already revealed in his will, as his will, in his word, then you can guarantee it's not his will for us if it goes against what he's already re revealed. It'd be like if I came to you and I said, hey, man, I'm praying about this thing. I want you to pray with me. I, I'm praying about stealing my neighbor's car. Would you pray with me to see if it's God's will for me or not? I want you to pray like this. Lord, if it's your will, please make a way for Caleb to steal his neighbor's car. And if you were a good friend, Pastor Mel talked about walking with the wise. Hopefully you'd give me wise counsel and let me know that's not something that I need to pray about. God has made it crystal clear in his word that he doesn't want me to steal my neighbor's car. He didn't say you can't steal your neighbor's car, but he did say thou shalt not steal, and that covered it. 
There are all kinds of amazing things he's revealed in his word, the Bible, and we would do well to learn them. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. You see, it's God's will that you and I love him with all of us. This passage speaks to a relationship with God where we love him with all that we are. God desires a relationship with you. It is his will that you walk in relationship with him. He wants a relationship with you, and the fact that you're even here tonight watching me and watching this service tells me that a relationship with God is important to you as well. So when we think about relationships, it's important to think about a relationship with God like we would any other relationship. You see, when I, when I started dating my wife 20 years ago, I wanted to learn very quickly what she liked and almost more importantly, what she didn't like. That was a big deal. It's important in any relationship in our lives, having this basic understanding is critical to the success of the relationship. If I, keep, if I had kept doing something that she couldn't stand, I'd have damaged our fledgling young relationship, and when I showed up that night to propose to her, she probably wouldn't have said yes, but she did, thank God, and she still says yes today. So how do I know what God wants and doesn't want for me? Here's how you find out. Study this book. This book reveals the will of God for us. Psalms 37.4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Get into his word. Find out what he likes and what he doesn't like. Begin to delight in the things that he wants for you. And as you delight in that, he will give you the desires of your heart. I want to provide a little context to this verse because this verse is often taken way out of, uh, out of context. This scripture, delight yourself also in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart, is not a blank check to get whatever we want. But as I align myself with him by delighting in the things that he delights and disdaining the things that he disdains, loving the things that he loves, giving him the things that he wants. As I delight myself in him, my desires begin to align with his desires. My heartbeat will begin to beat like his heartbeat. I'll begin to love the things that he loves and hate the things that he hates as I delight myself in him. God will begin to change my carnal nature and my carnal desires to begin to desire the things that he wants me to desire. 
And in turn, I will receive the desires of my heart because the desires of my heart will begin to align with his will for me. You see, the problem is the carnal mind, the Bible says, is enmity against God. What that means is the natural mind, my human nature, the bent that I have that is crooked because of my sinful nature is at odds with God. It is enmity. It it is constantly opposing what God wants. So as I delight myself in him and surrender my will to him, that's why we have to surrender. Not my will, but thy will be done, Jesus said before he went to the cross. I have to be willing to lay down what I want. Here's the great paradox. Here is the great mystery of walking with God. Scripture teaches us that if we want to save our life, we'll lose it. But those that seek to save their life, they'll lose it instead. But as we lose our life by giving it to God, He gives us back a life that is far greater, beyond our wildest dreams, and heaven in return. Hallelujah. So instead of demanding that He gives us the desires of our heart, we must first surrender our heart to him, and he'll begin to reshape and remold and give us what our hearts desire after he has done a beautiful work. In 1848, engineers were planning to build a suspension bridge across Niagara Gorge. The question became, how do you stretch the first wire across an 800-foot gorge with 225-foot cliffs on either side and rapids that rush toward a waterfall. The solution? A kite-flying contest. A teenager named Holman Walsh won the day following that successful kite-flying contest. A stronger line was added to the kite string and pulled across. Then an even stronger line, and then a rope, then a cable consisting of a 36-strand cable wire. Like this story, God will often give us suspension bridge dreams, a grand desire, but then he gives us a kite and says, Trust the wind of my spirit. Some of us still have the kite in our hands. Some of us have progressed to the rope. Others are building the dream of the bridge. Wherever you are in the progression, please know the kite string is as much the will of God as the bridge. Find the flow of the spirit. And work with all your might to pursue that thing that God has given you to do. God is with you. Here's a question for you. What if you and I were never meant to see the entire picture or to know the full plan? Can you 
continue to take steps forward without seeing the entire road? Will we be able to take the one step in front of us while trusting that he'll speak in the silence to show us the next step? What if God doesn't want to give you all the answers or give me all the answers, but instead he wants to give us his presence? You see, this requires trusting. It requires us trusting in a God who loves us. You see, he's a good, good father. Trusting is believing that our future is wrapped up in the love of God. And if that is the case, then we can trust fall wherever God leads us. It's having the faith to take the next step, even when we can't see the full picture. God sent Samuel to find a man after his own heart. And he sent him to Jesse's house to find this man. But Samuel didn't find a man, he found a boy. But there was a man inside of that boy. So God had to raise up a giant to get the man out of the boy. Sir and ma'am, your giant, the challenges in your life that are in front of you are bringing greatness out of you. You may have thought you were insignificant, but your giant is bringing out greatness in you. Sometimes we learn more by going through the storm instead of being delivered from the storm. You see, sometimes the storm is the will of God for us, and God is bringing things out of us as we go through the challenges and the dark times and the difficult situations. There are revelations you'll find in the storm that you can't get on the mountaintop of success. In the storm, there is revelation, and after the storm, there is power. Matthew 6.33 teaches us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We know that there are some things, we looked at some things that were outside the will of God and we shouldn't do, but there are some things he has revealed that are his will. You see, the Bible says it's not his will that any should perish, but his will is that all would come to repentance. You see, you'll never look a person in the eye that does not bear the image of God. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what state of life they're in. It doesn't matter what class of person they are, what color they are. It doesn't matter whether they're the person on the street holding a sign asking for food or whether it's the highest position in the land. Every single person bears the image of God and he died to save them. You see, you were found to find others. You were told to tell others. You were one to win 
others. And you were saved to save others. You see, it is God's will that Cedar Park be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is God's will that your neighbors, that your co-workers, that your friends be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, God is in the redemption business. It'll never change. God is not willing that any should perish, and we should not be willing that any should perish either. When we are in, while we're in search of the big, grand, uh, magnificent will of God for our lives, let us be faithful in the revealed will of God. The great commission, ladies and gentlemen, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is the will of God for every believer. Every single one of us have been given a commission. The will of God for us is to seek and to save that which is lost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So as we pursue the grand will of God, let us be about his business. I received a word not too long ago that I believe is, is relevant to somebody that's watching right now. The Lord said to me, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. You've been worried about all these other things, but hear, hear a word from the Lord here tonight. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. No, you don't neglect your, your family. No, you don't neglect uh, your providing and, and doing what you need to do. But in the process, seek God's face. What do you have for me today, God? What do you want me to be? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? Help me to be your hands. Help me to be your feet. Help me to be your voice and the hand reaching to a lost and dying world. The will of God. Now is for the church of Jesus Christ, for his sons and daughters to be mobilized and begin to step forward and pursuing God's best for us, but not overlooking the lost and the hurting, the hopeless all around us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this room right now. Would you bow your heads with me in conclusion here tonight? I, I believe that God is beginning to speak to somebody's heart. And those of you that are still watching, I believe that God is speaking to you right now. He has a specific plan. He has a very detailed purpose for your life. And he wants you to walk in that. Would you bow your heads with me right now as we close in prayer? Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this precious book that reveals what you desire for us. I pray, Lord God, that we would hide your word in our heart, that we might not sin against you, and that we would follow after you wherever you lead us, oh God. Give us the faith. Give us the confidence to trust you wherever you lead us, oh Lord, to whomever you lead us to. 
Give us the words to say. Give us the heart, the compassion, the love to reach and to help and to make a difference in our world. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, if if you're the only Jesus my neighbor's going to see, help me to be a good reflection of you. Help me to love like you love. Help me to reach, oh Lord, like you reach. Help me to, to spare no energy, Lord Jesus, but to reach with all that I have to do what you've called us to do in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would touch every heart and soul and mind right now that is engaged in listening and responding. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would begin to open, reveal more of your will, Lord God, to those that are hungry. Lord Jesus, you said you would be found of those that seek you with all of their heart. And I pray God, seeds that are planted in this service tonight, seeds that were planted by something that I said, Lord God, would begin to grow faith, to believe you for greater. Lord God, to believe you for more, to believe you and trust you to follow your will in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Have your way, O God, and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.